0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Allie with ISI Elite Training out of St. Petersburg, Florida, Ali, what is going on? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling today?
2: I feel good. Ready to go. You know, it's beautiful here in Florida, so I can't complain.
1: We're excited to have you on. Appreciate you being here. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty-gritty here of what you have going on with ISI Elite Training. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. So if you can, Ali, in your own words, how would you describe ISI Elite Training and what you do?
2: So ISI Elite Training, it is a 50 minute athletic-based training class. So all of our classes are ran by certified performance coaches. Um, the unique thing about ISI is that all of our coaches are um, you know, certified through ISI, but then on top of it, they do have to be certified personal trainers, which is kind of interesting in a group fitness setting. Um, I don't, that's not really like common in the group fitness boutique space. I have been in the boutique space for Um, quite some time myself Um, so I'm actually a coach on top of a GM so um, but it's good to be able to do multiple things for sure but yeah 50-minute athletic-based training I would say we're a lot more strength focused than a lot of boutique spaces you would see Um, we don't have treadmills which is like good for me because I hate running Um, but we've got like skier, (laughs) assault bike, turf, uh, TRX, um, and we've got comprehensive programming throughout the week as well. So lower body days, upper body days, core cardio days.
1: So nice. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And so, let's start with the bare bones basics here, Allie. I mean, how many members are you serving currently?
2: We are serving about 180 members. Um, so we kind of it's been an interesting journey. So the business has been where it's at for about two years now, Um, it was under different ownership for about a year, the first year of business. Um, And really it struggled in the first year. I don't think the owners, the previous owners really expected the gym space to be as difficult as as it is. Um, And I can definitely go more into detail on that of what I've seen kind of in that space. But um, so now we're kind of in this rebuilding phase. There's been a lot of turnover in the first year with like coaches and really at the end of the day, like people follow their coaches, right? So when there's a ton of turnover in the gym space, which tends to happen quite often, um, you know, people are gonna leave. And then there wasn't an influx of new people coming in each month, um, which, you know, there's always a balance of retention and then acquisition constantly happening every single month, every single day. so we really are in this rebuilding phase. So it almost feels like we're still in that like opening phase of the gym. And yeah. we're kind of, we're kind of growing, um, trying to get us into that uh, space where you can actually make money in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> the gym yeah.
1: And I appreciate you being transparent there. I think, uh, you know, whether it's through COVID or whether it's through just, you know, pure obliviousness of how to run a business. I think a lot of people are, are constantly going through that rebuilding stages in this industry, whether they're still, again, still suffering from COVID or they're just trying to figure out their way. Um, And I appreciate the transparency there. I think it's going to definitely open the eyes for the viewers and know that they're not alone there in in some of those places. Um, And so I like to ask this question here too, Allie, which is for you guys, I know every gym is totally different. What's been the best method of getting new people through the door?
2: Yeah, um, so I have, A marketing background. Um, It's kind of I'm in a unique position because I worked five years in corporate sales and marketing, so I do have a business background. Um, And then I really got into fitness, a career in fitness after I was in um, marketing and sales. And I would say marketing. (laughs) No one's an expert at marketing. It is like the most challenging i mean i have a degree in marketing but like what worked back then really doesn't work now um and social media is a whole beast in, its, in itself but i would say it's it's you need to really put a lot of energy into marketing brand awareness and you need to have tons of different facets of how to do that so social media um we've outsourced our social media Um, to a team that is phenomenal. I mean, we get probably like, I would say five to 10 solid leads every single day um, from that. And they're hot leads. I mean, we call them, they answer the phone, we get them booked in for their first session. Um, And then on top of it, it's doing events in the community. So people again can, the problem with us is like, we've been in St. Petersburg for a year and a half to almost two years. And there are still people that I ask that I'm like, oh, I work at ISI Elite Training. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because um, St. Pete is really small, right? Like it is a tiny little community. Um, obviously, tons of people vacation here, but when you live here, there's it's a tiny community. So really just getting out brand awareness. So doing brewery workouts, doing workouts at the pier so that again, we can gain visibility, Um, literally doing organic growth on social media. So I have my sales team and myself, we literally go to like brands and we connect with people, not like we're like poaching other people's clients, right? But we're just going to other like like-minded brands um or like saint pete hashtags and liking commenting um following people in the community so that we can organically grow you know eyeballs on what we're doing social media is a huge part of it keeping up with our stories um you know showing what we're doing in the actual gym so that people can see but it is table events going out like putting your boots on and like getting out in the community and getting really uncomfortable, you know, like having conversations. Like I set up a table at Queen Eats and literally talk to people while they're eating their lunch. And it's really uncomfortable, but that's the things that you got to do. It's, it's a constant grind of acquisition every single day. And I would say a good place to be is about eight leads a day and then booking about five people, um, for their first class a day, I think that's kind of our goals. we always kind of sit with is eight good leads, five bookings, and then hopefully we get about two members per day, which is really aggressive because we're in that aggressive phase right now. but yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I, 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 I'm curious because I mean, I, I know studios again, yeah, PD studios are they're definitely different in terms of capacity and and how much they can handle. So with where you guys are at now, leads, traffic, clients, all these things are hypothetically unlimited here. I mean, how much higher could you guys go?
2: I mean, I would ideally like to be at 400 members. Um, so just to kind of give you some insight of like where the business needs to be to be profitable, profitable, that would be around 230 members. Um, so 400 members to me is where, you know, you're profitable, um, We're looking to open a second location in downtown St. Petersburg as well. So that would give us the opportunity to invest in a second location. Um, So 400 members to me, and we have certain class times right now, and we can open up more class times throughout the day. So um, really we have a lot of room to be able to grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, yeah, it's basically almost almost tripling what you guys have now. And so, I mean, and I also know this too, Allie, I think with being a PT studio and, and, and having the client you have, there's a lot of delegation and a lot of, of metrics you have to manage. And so how are you guys able to track and know how long a member's been with you, who they're working with, when they're coming? How do you track those metrics?
2: Yep, Yeah, so we have a software system that I can pull reports, um, which I'm like, that's a lot of what I do is sitting in reports. Um, and we do have uh, this huge daily Excel file that is shared amongst my team. Um, and really, I go in there every single day and I reconcile that. And it, it shows, you know, first visits. So I, I look at the previous day. So I'm looking at first visits. Um, You know, how many book sessions did my team get that day? Like, again, like I said, we need to be sitting at about five. So I challenge my team to always book at least two to three sessions per shift that they're coming in. I have a morning crew and an evening crew. Um, So obviously giving my team metrics, that means, hey, you're making about 40 calls per shift. Um, So really it's like I said, I'm tracking like first visits, I'm tracking how many memberships did we get? you know, how many missed guests did we have? Meaning, did we not convert them? Why did we not convert them? So really, I try to be very strategic with my team. And I can see, you know, based on September, I can see, okay, what team member is doing really well with sales, They're booking sessions, I pay commission, as well on like booking sessions and um, converting into a membership. So I can see, you know, okay, this person did really well, this person didn't do anything, so are they just not making the calls? Are they you know, are they just having a tough time on the call? Do they just not understand the sales process? Um, so really it's getting a good grasp of those metrics and, and looking at those metrics daily so that you can understand, okay, where do I need to be spending my time? Do I need to be getting on phone calls? Do I need to be working with my sales team? Um, do I need to be having tough conversations with my sales team? Um, so those, yes, metrics are a huge part of it. Um, I definitely could be better at it. I think a lot of people could probably agree with that. But um, so, yeah, we have a huge file that we, like I said, it's a daily, we have daily tabs on there so we can really get a daily snapshot of what happened the previous day. Um, and then there's a reporting system that I can utilize within our membership platform um, that I can pull reports such as hey this person hasn't been in in seven days we need to reach out to them Um, so it's that combination of like I said acquisition and retention and kind of maintaining that balance at all times
1: I love that I love that I love how, how you truly know I mean the ins and outs of your business and especially being the gym owner I mean I think it you can get lost in the day-to-day and and not really truly understand your business as a whole but the fact that you understand everything as if you're a front-facing employee i mean that that's awesome that's awesome and i want to throw a little bit of a longer winded question at you ali after this one and if you me to repeat anything by all means just let me know but it's a good question in itself so you know um We've been discussing this entire podcast and, and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are three pillars of business, right? It's going to be uh, your sorry, your lead generation, which is getting people through the door, right? Getting them interested. Then you also have your acquisition, which is your sales, right? So getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then lastly, we have our retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Ali, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
2: Lead generation, for sure. Yeah, lead generation. Um, I think it's, it, the, the industry is so noisy that, and especially in the fitness space. And, and I will say like St. Petersburg, uh, there's been a couple of new spots that have kind of popped up. Um, there was one gym that actually uh, closed their doors. So that was like a good thing for us, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I would say lead generation right now, where we are in our business, um, you know, and in, in my sales team, I have experienced salespeople, and then I have not so experienced salespeople. So in order for me to like train those salespeople, I need them to practice, like practice makes perfection, right? Like that's how I learned sales. Like I got on the call and I fumbled through calls and, <laughs> you know, my boss was listening in on the call and I sounded like an idiot sometimes, but I got uncomfortable. Um, and was able to, to hone in on my sales skills that way. So really uh, I think it all starts with that lead generation. And like I said, we're in that phase of the business where we just need to grow at this point um, and build brand awareness. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's crazy that we've been in business for about two years, obviously new ownership within the last you know six months or so, but, um, Yeah, it's, that is definitely, and I would say that's probably the toughest part is to figure out how are people responding, Um, how are you going to get them in the door, because most of the time, you know, people will be interested, and then all of a sudden they're not, or they have excuses that pile up um, of why to not come in the door, or you have a no-show, and we're struggling with getting those no-shows back in the door, so um but yeah I would say lead generation as of right now within the phase that we are in the business
1: yeah yeah I I appreciate the uh the honesty and transparency there Ali I think that's uh that's really what I think we're looking for it's like when you can go ahead and and be honest on where you can improve regardless of success I think that's that's the biggest thing so I appreciate you sharing that Ali and letting the viewers know uh, where the best improvement can be made there and so i have two more questions for you ali my two favorite questions first one being what's the bigger picture i mean let's say five ten years down the road what are you really trying to accomplish
2: um like personally or like from the gym perspective with
1: isi with isi yeah,
2: yeah yeah um you know multiple locations is definitely the goal um you know owning multiple locations having very successful um multiple locations is definitely the long picture goal um from a personal side of things like i just want to impact as many lives as i possibly can um, personally so obviously you know if we can get 400 members in one location and then we can open a second location and do the same thing there Um, And I think, too, like, you know, the first location is always going to take the longest to really learn and figure it out. And then once you can kind of, you know, once you've got that playbook, you're like, all right, you know, granted, location is going to determine a little bit of differences or demographic. There might be some changes in your demographic based on where you're located, but um, then it's just kind of rinse and repeat after that um, and growing you know, like I said, impacting as many lives as possible.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that. That was a mic drop of an answer, Ali. but I got one more for you. <laughs>
2: um,
1: you know, uh, this one's probably one of my favorites as well. I'm curious to see your response on this. And, you know, Ali, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
2: Uh, I knew this question was going to come up and I wrote down so many things because I have learned I'm like constantly learning every single day Um, it's been a very humbling experience as well but I think honestly if I could hone in on one thing it would just be be okay with chaos like being okay with chaos Um, I'm such a perfectionist and I like to be good at things right away So obviously I've had to be, I've had to learn to uh, be patient with myself, um, but being okay in the chaos and setting boundaries in order to manage that chaos. Um, you know, I, I, haven't always been great at the strategy part of like, Hey, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to look at the snapshot of yesterday and dig into the numbers and the metrics and see how my team is doing and check in with my team if there needs to be check-ins. I haven't always been like that. You know, it's sometimes you go to the gym and you get pulled in 20 different directions, um, you know, and I'm I'm not only trying to run the, the, the business side of it. I'm a coach too, right? So I have a lot of uh, you know, member relationships that I'm managing as well, but being okay in the chaos, I think is like the biggest thing that I've been able to learn is, you know, it's always going to be chaotic. Um, just, and really like how I coach is one small task at a time, you know, that's, it literally just break it down to one small task at a time, um, lean into that and, you know, Remember why you're doing it at the end of the day. Like, like I said, like personally, I've been wanting to stay in fitness and have stayed in fitness for so long um, because I understand the impact of what fitness has brought into my own personal life, you know, from like a mental health perspective. Um, it's been a really big part of my mental health journey personally, and just overall happiness that I've gotten out of life. Um, and that's something that I want for other people. So, you know, when you're in the daily grinds, like you just kind of sometimes have to remember, okay, this is very chaotic, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm impacting lives that I probably wouldn't be able to do if I kept on my same, you know, sales and corporate marketing path. So,
1: yeah. Ali, there we go. There we go. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, please let the people know where can they find out more about you and the gym?
2: Yeah. Um, so my personal Instagram is Ally McPherson, A-L-Y, Allie McPherson. Um, and then ISI Elite Training St. Petersburg. So ISI St. Pete um, can follow us on Instagram. You always know, post those stories of what we've got going on in the gym. Um, and then obviously, you know, checking out our website, ISI and If you're in the St. Pete area, come check us out.
1: There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Ali. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, just so I know how you can get the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Yep. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us and talk about your fitness business, Click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, gym Lords
0: out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free, leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone?
3: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is VTech from V Pilates out of Wilmette, Illinois. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
4: I'm very well. Thank you for having me.
3: I'm excited to have you here really to learn more about your fitness business, your studio. Before we dive into that too deep here, Give me a little bit of background. What was it ultimately that made you decide to open up this fitness business?
4: Well, that's that's a very interesting story because I started in the darkest time of pandemic. I was certified in Pilates in 2009 and then I taught for years and then the pandemic hit and then I will never forget that day when it was Friday we were going into the lockdown we were thinking it's going to be two weeks but I was, I was not very optimistic about it. I'm like, how can I be two weeks without the clientele? How can I not have an income? How can I survive? My husband works in hospitality. So his business dried up in a split second. And I'm like, okay, this is my little family. And we're looking at no income and no nothing. So I had a very long weekend when I was thinking what to do. And then, um, Monday morning, I woke up my husband, I pushed the bed against the wall, I moved the night tables, I put the lighting, he's a painter, so I used the light that he uses to photograph his paintings, and I unrolled the mat on the floor, and I sent a Zoom invite to my first client, and the first client looked at it and said, what gym are you in? And I knew, okay, this is working. (laughs) And that's how it started. And I spent nine months pretty much on working on Zoom with clients, uh, holding on to my clientele. And I knew that at some point I'm going to have to move to a physical facility. The studio that I work for was pretty big and uh, people were uncomfortable with being with other people in uh, Any kind of a studio environment. So I knew that I'm going to have to have a private small space. And uh, there was no vaccine at that time. There was no treatment. People were really afraid. I come from the community that uh, was really following rules about everything. So I knew Uh, We have to be on top of it. And that's when I found a small place. And that's when I put the, um, you know, medical grade uh, filtration in the facility. And I got my first, Three machines that i was working on and i opened the studio in november 2020 and the first client all masked through their uh you know uh, forehead and myself the same way we say hello we didn't hug we didn't give each other a handshake and we started working and that's how it started wow (laughs) i know it it is a lot if you look at it it is truly a lot because it was uh it was really about survival it was really about preservation of a client base and it was really a crazy time to open a business
3: yeah it's like a pandemic pandemic kind of love story (laughs) here yes but Um, it was
4: a silver lining you know I um I struggled for a long time I was thinking if I'm ready to open my business of course like everyone who goes into that business I was doubting myself I was thinking oh it's never going to work out you're never going to be able to rent the space that's suitable you will never and so on and so forth and the pandemic pushed me it literally pushed me out of my comfort zone and I had to go into work. And that's what I did.
3: Yeah. So now you have your own studio. Give us kind of an elevator pitch of V Pilates, who you are, the different services that you have to provide. Kind of paint that picture for a listener because obviously, you know, they're just listening to this, they can't see the studio themselves. So um, just kind of give us an idea of, of your studio.
4: Absolutely. So the idea behind the studio is this is a personalized Pilates business. So um, me and my colleague are both classically trained Pilates instructors. We really are passionate about preserving the classical Pilates. And uh, when you come in here as a customer, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to see how you're moving in space. We're going to ask about your fitness experience and so on and so forth. But then using a classical Pilates sequence, we will tailor fit the workout to your particular needs so by seeing how you move in space we are able to figure out what is your connection to a primary powerhouse which is your core Uh, how can we improve that connection do you have problems with stretch with stamina with strength with stability um what how can we address it um, and then we just tailor fit it to you. So that's really what we're working on.
3: Okay, I love that. So, you know, Pilates is something that really anybody can gain like a good experience from. It can help anybody, um, no matter what kind of their goals are. Uh, it's a great modality in this industry that unfortunately not enough people utilize. Um yes. so- <laughs>
4: Thank you for saying so. See, this is what I always think about it, that uh, Pilates can improve anything that you do, truly. So if you play uh, basketball, it will improve your game. If you are a grandma who wants to get up from the bed and lift her grandchildren, it will improve your performance. So you can start it at any age and you can be successful in it at any age. And it really works like a maintenance for the body. So what we do very often is we train, 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 train. We develop small injuries then then perpetuate to a bigger and bigger injuries. And we don't maintain the body. Pilates is a maintenance at this core. So I have one client who said it and it never occurred to me. She always says, this is an active massage. And I never thought about it this way. But she says, I am actively moving. I am doing something. I am sweating. I am working hard, but I feel like I had a massage after because all of a sudden my body functions with ease versus all the difficulties that I normally carry around throughout the day.
3: Yeah, wow. <laughs> what a good kind of description there from your client. But to kind of dive into the business a little bit here, um, you know, you're training clients one-on-one. So with that, how does, do they purchase a membership? Do they purchase a pack of classes? Do they pay every single time they come in? How does that work for you at your studio?
4: Well, we are a very small business. There's only two of us. So, what we have is we have single classes and we have packages for 10. And that's pretty much how it works. So they can come in and they ha- they can pay individually every single time they come. They have a discount in a package for 10. We don't expire packages. We don't do anything with them. All we require is 24 hours cancellation. And I always say, if it's an emergency, it's an emergency. If it's coffee with friends, it's going to be an expensive coffee. Uh, because this is our working hour. And that's, that's it. That's all we have we don't have a membership I never thought about it this way I don't think that the, um that that we need we have a need for a membership truly
3: okay so do you have like a way of kind of predicting what the revenue the business is going to be month to month being that you kind of do like per class like are most of your clients coming in Paying for a pack or paying for a pack of sessions using them and then they re up and buy another pack of classes like how do you kind of predict what each month is going to look like for you in the business.
4: Okay, well, it's very difficult to predict on the one hand, but on the other hand, if you look at my book, for example, I have, I am completely booked with standing appointments. And these are appointments that are prepaid for most likely because most of the people uses that uh, little discount that we give in a package for 10. So that's my only way to look at the future revenue.
3: Okay. OK, but I mean, you're booked, so yes, <laughs> yeah.
4: um, I, I am completely booked. I mean, I will always find something for somebody if they really want to be here um, because people travel, because we always have the best intentions of showing up for your workouts. But the life comes in a way. So um, there's always something. I always have cancellations. And if people are flexible, I am very happy to accommodate them and fill that hour. But that's pretty much what it is.
3: Yeah. So kind of talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, Next question that I have is, like, business-wise, what would you consider to kind of be the biggest challenge that you've faced, VTech? Um, like, I think it's just as valuable for us to talk about the, the great things that we've done with our business as it is to talk about, like, what we're struggling with as business owners, because likely there's another Pilates studio owner listening to the show struggling with the same thing.
4: Uh-huh. So in my case, it's finding... um finding a good instructor for the studio so i have a room for one more person i would really want somebody to join us and help us because we have the business coming in and we are turning business away and that as a business owner you you feel terrible if you don't have that spot if you have a client that comes in and says i need 9 a.m in the morning and i don't have 9 a.m in the morning for less 13 years my uh A colleague doesn't have 9 a.m. in the morning on Monday and then I'm like if I had one more person I can fill that hour I can accommodate that customer but um, I'm looking I'm using my industry uh, uh, leads and so on and so forth and nothing is coming up I think the pandemic created a shortage of instructors uh, because I need a highly qualified instructor and it looks like the bad instructors were rooted out of the business. They were unable to transition to the online business and so on and so forth. They looked for a different job and they went somewhere else. The good instructors are overwhelmed and no one went to school because you could not go to school, you have to do it in person, you have to adjust the apparatus in person. You cannot learn it online, there's just no way. So that created a vacuum and now we're dealing with that vacuum. Like I was desperate enough that I put an ad on Indeed and my only requirement in that ad was qualified, Pilates instructor certified I didn't even ask which certification like I can mentor a person I can teach them everything that they don't know but I need a certified in Pilates instructor and all the people that apply have not met that one requirement that I have So, for some reason, a waitress from Texas that was relocating decided that she would make a great Pilates instructor. She has no Pilates experience. She doesn't know how to teach it, but, oh yeah, she's going to be great. Or I had a guy applying that I I have to say, I would think for a month and I wouldn't come up with this type of idea. He requested financial uh, support. And he said, I am not a Pilates instructor. I've never done Pilates in my life. But if you pay for my Pilates school, then I'm going to be a Pilates instructor. And I'm like, well, this is not what I'm looking for. I need somebody who's able to come in and teach and i'm having really hard time finding that person that i believe right now is my biggest challenge
3: have you ever considered the idea of like using a recruiter or somebody to help you find somebody
4: i have not to tell you the truth i I'm still looking through my leads, my Pilates leads, and so on and so forth. Uh, My master teacher is still teaching, and I know she has some students. So I think it's just a matter of time when the right person shows up. But I think I'm going to have to wait it out.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is so hard in this industry right now to to find qualified um, instructors, um I will say though like sometimes you have to just take a gamble like some of my best coaches didn't have their CrossFit certification when they came to me. Um they came to me young and eager saying you know I really want to do this. I've been, you know, interested in it for a long time. Um I and and they had the right personality so I I reeled them in. I said, okay, well, like I I can teach you the certifications. I can't teach you the personality. You definitely have the personality. You have the skills. You have the communication skills, but you can earn the certification. So sometimes when the right person comes, it's worth helping them get their certification or like mentoring them. Um, But it is a gamble because you can't just hire somebody like that and then automatically start handing them clients. It's like a mentorship and you have to kind of, It's hard. Um, So maybe in the future, you find some once you find a third instructor, you could work on mentoring somebody. I think that you'd be a fabulous mentor uh, from the conversation so far. And um, maybe that would be like a new passion for you. (laughs)
4: Thank you. Thank you for suggesting this. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it. Like I'm ready to do it. I am ready to share what I have learned. You know, I was asked by a lot of people, okay, but who taught you this? And I realized that I wasn't taught some of the things that I teach in my uh, program. I've learned it on a job. And that's an incredibly valuable experience because you learn. There is no uh, identical clients. There is the book, as I say, the book never comes in to exercise. It's a person (laughs) and because it's a person, they have a particular needs and so on and so forth. So I've learned a lot by working with a lot of different body types, different problems, different injuries and so on and so forth. And I am I'm ready to share that knowledge but I just have to have somebody who is right for it. And as you mentioned, it's incredible. You can teach people what you know but you cannot teach them a personality this work it is at the end of the day uh it is at the end of the day self truly because we are in self we are um we are a coach and if you're a coach you have to be able to express what is it that you think is the best for the client and guide them there and that you cannot teach
3: Mm -hmm. definitely So, you know, now that we've kind of talked about the challenge, I always like to take a little bit of time kind of on the the tail end to ask a more loaded question. And that would be, you know, if I handed you a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals for V Pilates had come true, there's no financial limitations, there's no limitations in the world, anything can happen. What would that picture look like for you?
4: (laughs) That is a funny question. So I think it would look for me... I would want to realize um, Joseph Pilati's dream, really. And his dream uh, when he uh, was, uh, you know, his dream that he always talked about was that there is a Pilates studio on every corner. If I can have a Pilates studio that teaches classical Pilates, that pays attention to everything that he developed, that has highly qualified instructors, and those instructors are able to tailor-fit the workouts for the client's need, that's my dream come true. True.
3: Yeah, it's that,
4: it's that simple. So if I can open another facility, great. If I can open five of them, great. Uh, there will always be smaller facility. There will always be a facility that are really uh, connected to a client's needs. And that is my dream.
3: Just continuing to be able to share that. Um...
4: Share and preserve. Yeah. truly because i think that's important you know there's a lot of things especially a fitness industry is very attracted to an idea of a next new thing what is the next new thing okay let's add a ball to pilates and see what happens usually nothing good because (laughs) (laughs) because these are made up exercises and it's really um it's it, it's something that completely devalues all pilates work he was an incredible inventor he was so far ahead of his time he opened his first studio in 1926 in new york that is unbelievable and since then the system has millions of machines oh no not millions but has a lot of machines has uh, hundreds of exercises on them and if the person comes in and tells me oh yeah Pilates if he was alive he would be using the ball I mean are we really thinking that he wouldn't come up with a ball when he had invented incredibly complex uh uh, exercise machines and the exercise system. So, I would really want to preserve that.
3: Absolutely. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed hearing your perspective on this industry today and and business, being that you are a small studio owner who really blossomed out of the pandemic. I think that that's such a fun story. So, VTech, thank you for being here today. Um, what is your website? Where can our list- go if they just kind of want to get a feel for what you have to offer?
4: Sure. So it's uh, vpilates.online. And um, if you ever Google, vpilates will, will always pop out. And that's pretty much what it is.
3: Easy enough. Thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your insight on the industry. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, just hit like, hit subscribe. And um, until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Brian with Burn Boot Camp out of Virginia. Brian, what is going on? Happy Monday. How are you feeling today? Oh great, man. I hope you are. Thanks for having me today.
5: It's really a great day today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. We're excited to have you on. And we're about ready to dive into the nitty-gritty here of what you have going on with Burn Boot Camp. But first, Brian, let's take a step back and let's go ahead and give the viewers some perspective here. So if we can, or if you can, if you can kind of describe or just give in your own words how you would describe Burn Boot Camp and what you guys do.
5: Yeah. So Burn Boot Camp is a franchise started out of like Lake Norman, Charlotte, North Carolina area, and it's been around for about 10 years, uh, franchising for seven or eight. We've got 348 open locations all over the country in 40 states and uh, really a a pretty fast-growing fitness concept. Uh, 45-minute camps beginning to end, uh, instructor-led group fitness, uh, really specialized in, um, you know, uh, kind of a combination of strength and cardio we never repeat the same workout twice. Uh, we have the room all set up when people come in the room and uh, it's ready to go. We, we offer complimentary child watch, always have offered complimentary child watch. And um, it's been an amazing thing to be able to have families in here, uh, husbands and wives and their kids come in and uh, the kids get to see mom and dad working out together. It's really pretty cool. So it's yeah. there's definitely a family feel. Uh, but uh, yeah, love Burn Boot Camp. It's been great. Really
1: great! I love that. I love that. I appreciate the explanation there, Brian. Let's kind of dive right into the bare bones basics here, and I'll ask you this, Brian: How many how many members are you serving currently?
5: Yeah, I mean it's been it's been great. We've only been open about eight months, a little over eight months now. Okay. Yeah, we opened up January twenty fourth of this year, and we're already seeing really great success, really great growth. Uh, we have about three hundred twenty members. Uh, okay. So so really uh, really good strong start to 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 this location here um and uh so yeah i'm very very pleased with with how we've started
1: yeah yeah that's awesome congratulations i didn't know you were open that 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 in the recent so here congratulations yeah. there brian okay. and so you know i like to ask this question as well to give the viewers some perspective as well you know how many members um i'm sorry not how many members but how i guess has or what has been the best method of getting new members through the door yeah. I mean, there's no question that
5: um, it's referrals, right? Our, our folks come in and uh, they've maybe heard about Burn Camp before. Maybe they're curious. There's some other locations in the area. Maybe they've tried that other location and maybe they were excited that we were going to be opening up one in their city. And so uh, we started out with pop-up camps and a lot of social media advertising, uh, hit them up on Facebook, Instagram, creating that buzz. Uh, we did two weeks of complimentary pop-up camps. Uh, prior to opening and so people had a real chance in addition to pop-up camps like in the gym but also pop-up camps out in the um, in the community and people got a real chance to sort of see what burn boot camp was all about and uh, as they've come in they've been able to bring hey their friends and uh, and, and husbands and boyfriends and uh, it's really grown a lot through referrals and and just bringing people along you know I think you know when you open up in January um, you know, obviously that's a great time of the, of the year to open up a gym. Um, and, and so, you know, after f- people have been here four weeks or six weeks, people are starting to see a difference. And of course they're saying, Hey, what are you doing? What's going on? How are you, you know, you look great. You feel different. You know, you, you, you sound different. You, everything about you is different. And they're like, Hey man, you guys check this out. I'm over here at burn Boot Camp. It's been amazing. It's a new location. And so you know, getting people in the door um, has been, has been really fun. And and so when people work out together, Hey, it's a lot better to work out with friends it, than by yourself. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to kind of highlight that and just say, obviously referrals are definitely a testament to how good your fulfillment is, right? If you're good at what you do in turn, people will speak well and it'll bring the referrals that pays dividends. So that's uh, obviously a great avenue to go down. And so, let's say this, Brian, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited here. I mean, how much higher could you go than that 300 market guys are at now? Oh, I
5: mean, the 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 sky
1: is the limit here, right? I mean, I just think we just keep pushing it, pushing
5: it. You know, I think one of the things that separates us from a lot of other fitness concepts is, is sort of that customer service experience. I know, I think everybody really believes that they have a strong customer service. But if you think about who the top, you know, customer service uh, companies are in this country. It doesn't take long to sort of figure out who they all are. I think we all know some of those great companies of customer service in the fitness industry. I'm not sure there's one lone leader. And I think, um, you know, it's up for the taking. So I think a lot of what's happened with us is we put a lot of effort into our experience with our members from the time they walk in the door to the time they leave. um, We are doing everything that we can to make sure they have a very, very positive experience. Um, I think I mentioned to you earlier that we, we offer complimentary Child Watch. Now, you know, we come in, we're all about greeting them. We're not behind the desk, we're out front. Um, we're calling them by name. Um, we're, we're getting them introduced to the Child Watch folks. If they have their kids, we're getting them right into the gym and introducing them to the trainer. We're building community with other members. Um, we'll pull members that have been around for a little while and say, Hey, so-and-so is new today. This is their first camp and, uh, we'll pair them up so that they're not out on the floating floor, you know, waiting five or six minutes standing by themselves while other people talk in little groups. So the community part of this is huge building community from the walk time they walk in the door to the time they leave is, is of utmost importance to us in that experience. Yeah. Um, Uh, their experience matters. And and so for me, it's all about earning their business every single day. I don't care if they have an 18-month membership agreement. I'm going to treat them like I have to earn it every single day, every camp, every day.
1: I love the mentality there. I love that mentality, I think, because a lot of people don't realize that even though you are in the business of helping people, you still are giving somebody a service, right? And no matter what, you're changing lives, but regardless, you have to treat it as if you were just Walking into a hotel or whatever it is, the hospitality really does matter. You can't, if you match that, I'm telling you, it, it, that's what brings the community that you have here and that tight-knit community. So I really do appreciate you sharing well, I that mean, there, Brian. I will, well, I will well.
5: add on one thing. I mean, I think we have to make sure the people who walk in the door, um, there's some level of fear. There's some level of trepidation. I mean, we're talking about a gym and, and some of these folks have not been to a gym. They don't feel that comfortable in a gym. This is new yeah. for them. They might be a little deconditioned, or maybe they haven't worked out in a while. Um, This is a new place they've never been to, so if you take all those things into consideration, it's easy to see that it could be a little overwhelming. But to be to walk in that door that first time, have somebody greet you by name, with a smile and high five, and say, "Hey, we got you today," um, and 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 then have you every step of the way and make you feel comfortable give you a tour show you where to put your stuff make sure you have all your questions answered make sure that there's no injuries that you have that will trip us up we want to be able to show modifications for everything that we're demoing um, so that you feel comfortable doing whatever your body is at the time right whatever wherever you are in your fitness journey we want to make sure that you feel comfortable so um you know making that assumption that everybody who walks in the door may have some level of trepidation uh i think is is helpful as we um as we think about the level of service that we want to provide and and how we would want to be treated if we walked
1: in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And now let me ask you this, Brian. I think this is an important question too, because I know at least for being a PT, once you hit over a hundred clients, it's a lot to manage, right? And so how have you been able to efficiently track and understand where these clients stand when they've joined, if they're looking to cancel, how do you track those metrics?
5: So, well, I'm a very hands-on franchise partner. My wife and I own this location. Um, we don't do anything else. This is our full-time job. I was a I was a banker for 22 years up until twelve thirty-one, wow. um, and and so as I was working through this, um, my goal originally was to to maybe stay in banking and 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 do this. And as I um, as I felt more led and felt more called that this was my mission in life, it became pretty clear that that I was going to be a, a hands-on franchise partner here every day. Um, and I know every single member by name. I know every single person. I've never, uh, you know, there's not one member here that's joined that I don't know by name. Yeah. And, and so uh, our team works really hard, works really hard to remember people and know them by name and, and be ready for new people when they walk in the door. Be ready for new people when they walk in the door and greet them by name. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome, right? I, I, and I, I appreciate you, you really getting honest there. Because I think a lot of people will, will try to emphasize that they do this or do that, but it's it's a fact that you've gone beyond even on a first-name basis. I mean, a lot, a lot of owners can even say they, they even know half of their clients on a first-name basis, you know? Uh, and I think that really goes to show how what you're really – in this for, and it's for the, the the benefit of your of your actual consumer and not just the benefit of profit, which is awesome. And so I'm gonna throw a little bit of a longer-winded question here, Brian, but a good question in itself. So if you need me to repeat anything on this question, just let me know. Um, but what we've been kind of discussing this entire podcast and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are three pillars, right? And it's gonna be one, your lead generation, two, your acquisition, which is just your sales. And then number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Brian, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
5: I mean, I think with such a new location, I mean, I think retention is not a concern at the moment. I think as as you know, people found themselves as they signed membership agreements, they're sort of that 6, 12, 18 month. Now, the six month folks... Um, you know that we're through those six months, and so many many folks have decided to go ahead and 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 re up on a longer contract, right? Some of them yeah. just are riding it out, and they're month to month, and that's fine. Um, and and so um, you know, obviously, we're we're focused on um, you know we're focused on attracting new members while at the same time retaining the ones we have, so that we're really seeing growth, right now. You know, I think the biggest opportunity here is to to try to see how we can push those opportunities for, you know, selling deeper into the member, into the member base, right, you know, increasing that, you know, that that average member revenue, right, how do we increase that, you know, there's a few tools here, I mean, we do a little nutrition sales, we have some retail sales and so you know, one of the things that we we try to figure out is how can we sell deeper into that? So I think that's really the really opportunity is, all right, we got you in the door, you signed a membership agreement, but how do we continue to move that needle so that you, you know, that you become a, a really raving fan and in, in what we call bleeding blue, right? So, so Burn Bootcamp is blue. We talk about, you know, our members bleeding blue. When they bleed blue, we feel really strongly that they're tied in pretty good they love Burn Bootcamp. They'll they'll talk about us out there in the marketplace. That's what we want.
1: That's what we want. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's such a great point because, I, obviously, being so new, you know, you can't even see attention to concern because you are so new. And I think at this point, you know, that's really what it is about. And I love how it's simple you made it. Right? I think yeah. it will overcomplicate the whole entire process. But but, but I do just... believe
5: I do believe also that you know the lead generation is is something that's tough. Um, You know, I I think, you know, we have the help of our of our of a media code who who works alongside us. And so it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of trial and error to figure out what it is that attracts people to burn, what it is about seeing us on social media that makes them want to come in the door. And so we're very, very um, um, thoughtful in our approach to what we put out there in content. You know, Burn gives us some help as a franchisor. They give us some some nice digital assets to work with. But you know, a lot of what attracts people here is local, you know, content from in camp, and so social media is a big part of it. Um, and and so, you know, if you're watching Burn Boot Camp in this location, you want to see all kinds of different people doing different things. If you only saw super fit people doing super fit things and you didn't feel that you could do those things, then this might not feel like a place that's welcoming for everyone. But if you see a good cross section and diversity of a bunch of different kinds of people, ages, sex, uh, backgrounds, fitness levels, then, then, then you, can, you can rest assured that this might be a place that you could feel comfortable with And, and, and so that's what we're trying to do. So a lot of thought goes into lead generation um, and it's all trial and error because you're not sure, you know, when you pull the levers, what's going to, what's going to attract one person in versus another person, two different things might attract those people in, but at the end of the day, we just want to get people in the door. Um, And, and so uh, that's the name of the game for us, because once we get in the door, we feel supremely confident with our customer service that we can, you know, have them here and that they can see the benefits.
1: Yeah. Yeah, completely. I, and I agree. I agree. And I've got two more questions for you here, Brian, my two favorite questions of the day, you know, what's the bigger picture for you long-term? What are you trying to accomplish? For a boot camp?
5: I mean, look, I started out four years ago as a member. I mean, I was 44 years old. I was way overweight. I mean, I was completely, um, deconditioned i was a heavy drinker uh i had never worked out in a gym i'd played sports in high school but never done anything else and i was just miserable and there was a new a location opened in my hometown and i took a shot and walked in tried it as a member fell in love with it and you know over time really saw nice results worked really hard in camp. The camps are not easy. These are not easy. These are challenging 45 minute workouts. And I saw really great results. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was doing focus meets with the trainer. I was, I was staying in touch with my nutrition very well. And, and, and it changed my life. I mean, it really, more than just physically, it changed my life. It transformed my life in a way that, um, allows me to have a lot of deep respect and reverence for this brand and what it meant for me. And, and so um, in that process, and I was an alcoholic and, and I've, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm, three, I'm over three years sober now. And, and I, I literally believe that Burn boot camp was, was instrumental in that because without having this infrastructure in place, I don't think I would have been able to remain sober. I don't think I would have been able to not relapse. And so it, it, that community was so important to me. And, and so um, as I became, as I got deeper and deeper into it as a member, I felt very certain that there was a pull that, hey, you know, you've got all this background in business, uh, you've been a banker, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's take a shot, let's, let's, let's become an entrepreneur and, and let's change some real lives, let's, let's, you know, let's have some real nobility in what we do for a living and move the needle in people's lives. And so that was really a calling for me. And, uh, so I started working toward that goal of becoming a franchise partner. And, uh, you know, a lot of those obstacles got removed as we worked through it. So it's, it's really been amazing. It's really been a great, um, journey that I've been on and, you know, look, I don't know where the rest of it's going to take me out. Obviously I love to, to be a multi-unit franchisee. I'd love to have more than one location. Um, as I think about growth plans, you know, you know, once I, feel like I've I've gotten one you know the process is down pat and can run one in a way then I'll start thinking about what might be next for for Brian
1: that's awesome that is awesome I I really appreciate sharing that the open transparency and just the whole process there and that is amazing. And I look, that was a mic drop of an answer, but I got one more question for you over here. Brian, nice. I love uh, it. I love um, it. This, uh, this one is, I'm definitely curious to see what you're gonna say. I know you haven't been open for more than a year here, but it's definitely, definitely, and always interesting uh, to hear responses on this. And I think you're gonna have a good answer here. So, you know, Brian, if you can go back in time here to when you first started Burn Boot Camp, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started Burn Boot Camp that advice be for you.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think, think what surprised has surprised me is is the 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 personnel and the hiring and the in the staffing, right? Um, you know uh, I've learned a lot of lessons so far and some very tough lessons in some ways. And um, some things have surprised me quite honestly. Uh, but look at the end of the day, I'll tell you that I believe the biggest problem I've had is being comfortable with the leadership and and so leadership is really an a hard thing right it It's hard to be a great leader and what i what I would say uh about the first eight months here is that you know I think what I would have done differently is I would have done a better job of really making sure that everybody that I have had contact with from an employee standpoint really understood at the core of what my vision was for, for this company. And I think that, you know, when you hit the ground running, a lot of what happens is reactive. And I would have taken more time uh, while we were in, in that build out phase and before we opened to really Find the right people in the right seats, and really make sure that those people understand my vision. Um, because uh, if if they don't understand the vision and they're not bought in, then I think it's going to be very difficult to keep those people long term. And so, we've had a, a couple of key employees that have turned over, and it's been it's been a challenge in some ways. Um, you know, and it would be it would have been more of a challenge if I hadn't been more hands on. But, you know, I never envisioned that I was going to be training as many camps as I do. This is very temporary, but, you know, in some ways, I'm grateful that I'm getting those reps. Um, I got certified in March and wanted to, that was a strategic goal of mine is to have my, my, my certification, my CPT, so that as an owner, I could step in in any, in any you know, crisis and, and train camps and and learn it, you know, obviously I've been to a lot of burn boot camp camps. I've been over to it. I've been over a thousand camps as an attendee. So I knew, you know, a lot of the, the process of how we administer our workouts, but until you ever get on the mic, until you get in front of those folks, it's a different thing. And so um, I'm very comfortable with it now. I love, I love that part of it, but, but it's been a blessing in disguise in some ways, but uh, I think really the leadership part and taking taking more of that approach where we really drive home on the front end what the true vision is and getting that buy-in would have been um, a a way to make things a little more successful. And I think it would have just felt more, um, you know, a little less reactive in some ways. But that's a hard lesson because when when you're starting out, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, and so I would urge people if they're starting out and thinking about that to spend that time as they're as they're as they have that downtime before the, the calm before the storm that they really start working out what the processes look like how everything is supposed to work um, being really diligent in their you know their processes and making sure that their communication is really really sharp um, so that their team knows exactly what's going on so there's not a lot of um, Great area there in terms of, you know, communication and and interpretation.
1: So, Brian, there we go. There we go. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Brian, I mean, please shout out your Facebook, Instagram, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and Burn Boot Camp?
5: Yeah. So, uh, the best place is Instagram, right? At Burn Boot Camp North Suffolk VA. And that's S U F F O L K va like virginia um and then you know burnbootcamp.com and then search for locations north suffolk virginia that's where we're at we're, we're right over here in coastal virginia uh love this area if you're in the town come check us out we'd love to have you here
1: there we go there you go brian we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and i look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road uh, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Brian, just get, you know how you can get the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? All right, cool. Thanks, today. Awesome. Yep. And right, to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time,
0: Jim Lords out.